Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Game Podcast. I'm Gabriel Marcotti, and this week I'm joined by Patty Barkley, Ben Smith, and broadcasting from an undisclosed location in the Midlands, it's Peter Lansley. Today we'll be discussing the League Cup final and Birmingham's brilliant display against Arsenal, as well as perhaps that wayward elbow from Wayne Rooney for Manchester United as they flattened Wigan. And as part of our Your Game, Your Rules series, I'll be suggesting a major change to the game that I think can only be beneficial. Basically, I want us to keep it real. So please stick with us for the next 35 minutes or so. All right, we're going to start with the League Cup final, and uh, I'll get this out of the way um, so then we, well, we can bring it up again, but uh, since everybody loves mentioning it, Arsenal haven't won a trophy since 2005. Wonderful. Um, but I think the real story here is um, Birmingham City also playing very, very well. And, you know, I, and I think we always talk about how games are decided by individual errors. That's the nature of football. And Arsenal made more individual errors than Birmingham City did. Is that right, Patty? Yeah, that's the way I saw it. In particular, you know, if you're going to make an uh, individual or, or a dual er- error, as this one was, um, don't make it in the 89th minute. Um, but that's what uh, Arsenal did. That's why they lost. Uh, but I would like to say that I think uh, it was a terrific game of football, marvellous game of football. We used to say you couldn't have a good game of football on the new Wembley. Well, congratulations, FA, and the, uh, in particular the pitch staff. Uh, wonderful, fast, flat pitch. And, uh, uh, and the, the teams responded. I, 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 thought, I thought Arsenal played really well. Uh, I thought uh, Birmingham... You know, the the record shows they they played even better. Just thought it was a thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable uh, occasion. Peter, what, what I found interesting when when I saw the lineups is um, we saw McLeish going with his with his four five one um, with wingers and and, and Fay and Larson, if you want to call them that, who, in my opinion, are, are more like very much midfielders yeah. um, and, and the big man Ziggich up front but then if you looked on the bench he had all this all this pace he had Martins and, and, and Beau Sejour and you know he could have brought in Cameron Jerome as well um, it, it was just kind of funny because I, th- I think Murphy was, was, was the only defender on, on the bench uh, unless I'm missing somebody is it um, was this what you expected that, that that he would take this approach? In other words, sort of, you know, okay, let me go with um, with a more organized team at first and the big man, and then once we've worn them out, we'll we'll, we'll batter them with pace. Well, that's right. That's how it unfolded, wasn't it? And I, I fancy myself as a bit of a, a manager. I think, well, probably sixty million of us in the country, and I did not see him going that way. I thought, even though Zigic is the man in in the goals for Birmingham. I thought he is your plan B. 
you keep it tight, you try and get it into the feet of Martins to feed off to the runners like Bowyer and Gardner. And then, you know, if you've managed to stay in the game, then with half an hour left, yes, you'll be willing to launch a few balls towards Zigic. Um, but that's why Alex McLeish is where he is and I'm where I am. Because, I mean, he just played it beautifully, didn't he? Zigic, or even though his hold-up play isn't that good, it just frightened Arsenal from the start. They were conceding corners, they were getting rattled, and then, of course, that leads to the first goal. And as you say, once the game spread out a bit and Arsenal are more tired, they had played midweek, then the pace of Beausajour, who's not impressed for Birmingham, but in that cameo yesterday, he gave one of his best displays. And then even, well, obviously he got the winning goal, but the last 10 minutes when Martins came on, he just looked so sprightly. So you're absolutely right, and McLeish played an absolute blinder. Um, in fact, Ben, we could actually, some might even suggest, and I'd love to hear Peter on this as well, but that um, Birmingham were actually hard done by, by by some of the officiating because Chesney could have been sent off uh, very early in the game and, and there could have been a penalty. Absolutely. I, I think... You know that that would have changed the game completely. I think I think the very early in the game, perhaps a line, linesman wasn't quite ready to give a decision like that. Certainly got the the referee off the hook. But you can argue that Birmingham could have should have had a penalty there, down to ten men perhaps Arsenal, and that changes the game completely. I think they certainly deserved it on on the face of it yesterday. Arsenal had more shots, more possession, but when Birmingham went forward and they got runners forward like Bayer. They look very dangerous, and I, th- I think they thoroughly deserve their, their victory. And Peter? that wasn't the only um, one that could have gone Birmingham's way as well, because Koscielny could have been sent off for um, two-footed, well, a lunge, studs up at Boyer, for which Boyer definitely would have gone. And wait, 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 you said on Boyer? Yeah. Is it possible to be punished for a foul on Boyer? Well, maybe that's why he was allowed to get away with <laughs> okay, it. No, I, I, I thought sometimes the Joey Barton rule applied. but. <laughs> and then also, when Craig Gardner was bursting into the box and was palpably brought down right on the edge, OK, it might have been a free kick, but there were three major decisions that went against Birmingham. But I'll tell you what as well, if, if Birmingham had lost, Alex McLeish would not have been whining against, about those because that's how much dignity he's got and that's what he gives to his players as well. Paddy, l- l- let's stay with this celebration of, of Alex McLeish. And, uh, as, do, do you think, I mean, this has been a season where he's, I, I don't always know what to make of him because we all praised him last year. You know, this year he, 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 he made some, you know, I think pretty ambitious signings. Ambitious in the sense that, you know, guys like, like Zigic or, or like Bosajur who hasn't played that much, you know, these are people who, can make you look very good or make you look very bad. They're, they're, they're slight gambles. Um, he's the cup runs have probably hurt them a little bit in the league. Um, well, where does Big Ek rank? Yeah, well, I mean, we have to wait until the end of the season because um, <clears throat> if they're relegated, um, you know, we have to sort of say, well, he's had a bit of a mixed season. Um, you know, it, it, almost a one-season wonder last year as far as the league was concerned. But I don't think it will happen. Uh, I think the character of the team um, was 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 almost palpable yesterday and embodied by this magnificent uh, Roger Johnson, who's who's the McLeish de nos jours, um, as far as I'm concerned. You can't say that because otherwise Scott Dan would be Willie Miller and we know that's not possible. <laughs> Well, I tell you what, Scott Dan, I think, is the most underrated centre-half in the league. Um, I think they're a, they're a fantastic pair, and because Johnson's so um, so bold and so uh, 
uh, obvious. I don't think Dan gets the credit he got the credit he deserved before his unfortunate injury. No, I think they're I think they're both tremendous players, um, and it takes a centre half to buy a centre half, doesn't it? Uh, no, I think uh, I think McLeish will get them out of out of trouble. Um, and I think he's now on the way uh, to becoming a big manager. Um, I mean, his tactic. Peter has talked about his tactics. The, <clears throat> the time to use pace, raw pace, is 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 is, is, uh, is off the bench. The uh, the the use of Bowyer, I thought was I thought Bowyer was quite magnificent. I think if it hadn't been for Johnson. Bowyer would have got man, would have de- deserved or, or Foster's saves. <clears throat> I don't think man of the match status would have flattered Bowyer one little bit. Um, but you know, he, he gave two performances. He played midfield and up front, um, and as Peter rightly said, deserved a penalty. So um, you know, there were heroes all over the place. And, and as I say, it, it wouldn't be it, it would be less of a statement if Arsenal had played like drains. They didn't. They really didn't. Now, obviously, the, because the, the highlight moment um, in a negative way was the blunder between Koscielny and uh, and, and, and Chesney. Um, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get the usual. Well, Wenger's a fool because he doesn't spend, you know, doesn't buy goalkeepers and defenders. And who are these muppets? He's got back there, and you need, uh, you know, a great goalkeeper defender. My, my personal view is very simple: that I think Chesney's going to be a tremendous goalkeeper. It was a tremendous signing, and he's still very young. And you know nobody was complaining about Cassiani against against Barcelona, but um, Patty, I I want to get your view on this because you know I heard Paul Merson say after the game that oh look you know if you'd bought an English centre half this wouldn't have happened and 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 that kind of thing I I mean is it what's your stand on the old argument that oh why won't Wenger sign defenders and goalkeepers that the mainstream have actually heard of. Well, I mean, he he got a limited budget. He can't buy uh, twenty million players in every position. No, but okay, but sorry, but on on that point, I mean, you know, Koscielny is not that much cheaper than than Smalling, and probably wouldn't have been that much cheaper than 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 Gary Cahill if you'd bought him a year ago. Yes, yes, and it was much more expensive than Roger. You could have had Johnson and Dan yeah, for I the mean, price what, of Koscielny. What, what basically Merson seemed to be saying was that if Cahill had been there, you've just um, uh, given the ball a great whack into Rosette, and um, and everything would have been okay. But uh, my impression was that uh, Koscielny got a call uh, from the keeper, um, and uh, that that's what caused him to to take his foot away. Uh, in which case, but, but sorry, I, it's interesting. So just 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 get the mechanics down to this because I thought the same thing, Patty. Yeah. But then. Koscielny doesn't get his foot out of the way because the ball hits his foot, and that's what messes. Well, the call was probably late. I mean, I think that the. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think that they both uh, would have to take a, a share of the blame, and I think it's probably true that if Tony Adams had been there, the ball would have been in Rose's head, and and then who knows who would have won the uh, cup. Uh, but uh, I mean. I, I don't know. I mean, the, the point is that uh, in the case of certainly the keeper, I think as soon as even, you know, amateurs like us took a look at him, we realized that this was something special. Uh, Koscielny took a, has taken a lot more time to grow on us, but his performance against Barcelona and, and one or two other recent performances have, have shown that he's going to be a, a decent player. Um, he had a poor game yesterday. 
um, morally as well as technically. But, uh, um, you know, it depends whether you buy into this uh, fourth road bridge theory of team building that Arsene Wenger uh, does. You know, he's got his philosophy, he's got his way. And you can always say, you know, if they'd spent all their money on a big centre-half, you know, who, who, who wanted to blast the ball in the rosette, yes, they would They would still have gone, they'd have gone into extra time, but, you know, who knows. Wenger's way is, is right, um, and, and, and who cares if it takes seven years, eight years, they'll get there. Um, moving on to what I like to call the DW Stadium, um, uh, Wigan and Manchester United. Right, you know why we're bringing this up. There's one place to start. Um, ben, would you like to tell us what happened for those who uh, maybe didn't notice with uh, Mr. Rooney and Mr. McCarthy? Absolutely. Um, the ball was played, and Rooney chasing it down as he does. Um, Approached the defender. McCarthy took a step to his left to block the run. Rooney, unhappy with this, appeared to to raise an elbow and give him a clip round the back of the head as he. Um, why, as do he we, can, why are you saying? Do, why are you saying he, he appeared? Yeah, he to clipped do it. him round the back of the head with his elbow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he can't deny the evidence on this, um, despite Manchester United denying the evidence on this. I, I think. You know, it, it's indefensible. You you cannot defend what Wayne Rooney did there. It's purely petulant. It's vicious, and you know it's clear. It's very very clear. I think the problem is Mark Clattenburg didn't see the incident properly, which is understandable. It was off the ball. Um, well, you didn't see because he was looking in the other direction. Well, exactly. Yeah, no, he, he gave a free kick. He gave he gave a free kick, but it was on the advice of his linesman oh, in reacting to the crowd and the players. He then puts his arm around Rooney and says, "Don't do that again, Wayne." Um, and we, and we move on. And um, I just don't know how you can defend uh, defend that. Beyond the fact that it puts the FA in a bad position because Rooney obviously should be punished because this is not so if somebody if somebody obstructs you like that you obstruct back by, by you know by hip checking him or whatever or by running around him which you could have easily done incidentally um, you don't go and, and and clip somebody in the head but leaving that aside for a minute. I want to know. I, I first of all, I want to know who this assistant linesman is. I want Clanberg dragged up in front of the FA and say, "Like, okay, what exactly happened? Who told you that? You know, who told you that there was a coming together here?" And once we've identified this guy, say, "Like, is this really what you saw? Did you really think it was just two guys running into each other? Did you not see the elbow? Because assistant referees, you know, they're not just fools who look for the offside and raise and raise their their flags. Most of these people are are qualified referees uh, as well. In fact, they all." Are. Um, and I want to understand the, the process there, and, and I think they owe some clarity because, frankly, if I if I'm Clattenburg, you know, I I don't have eyes all around my head, so if I didn't see it, then I, I can't go and send Rooney off. But I expect my linesmen, my assistants who are paid to be to to look at the game along with me, I expect them to know what happened and to tell me directly and honestly what happened. I, I don't think the linesman could have seen it clearly. I yeah. think that's a simple... But nobody I can think, see this. What is no, it? No, no, I, honestly, I don't think anyone has seen what has happened. I think they have seen two bodies coming together. I think they've seen it as a shoulder charge what, what the hell is the, the, hell are the collision, but they have There's not seen assistants. the elbow. What Absolutely. are they looking at? Uh, they weren't looking at the incident. They can't have been. Because if they see an elbow go into someone's face, it's an obvious, easy decision. Yeah. Rooney has to go. None, no one has seen that there. None yeah, of those exactly. assistants. Plattenberg's gone over to him. He said, listen, I think Rooney's elbowed him it was certainly an arm sort of in the face um r uh, uh, blah 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 at which point clattenberg realizes he has to do something 
but he says to he goes over to Rooney and giggling says you're lucky a little sod I, I, I didn't see how bad that was so but just calm down and that's you know, in, it, you know in other words it was all done on a reasonable basis um, and, and this is this is why that you, we're coming up to the international FA board on Saturday at which we're going to hear this ghastly phrase goal line technology which is the most biggest danger to the game because we, there's no point in having goal line technology all we need is for the fourth official to have a little telly and if that had happened on Saturday, Rooney would have been sent off. We wouldn't be talking. Uh, there would have been no controversy, and justice would have been done. It would have involved no hold-up of play, um, and it would have involved no difficult uh, diplomatic uh, manoeuvres by the assistant referee, and I agree with Ben on that. Football was invented many, many years ago. In other words, the traditions of football should be maintained to uh, in line with the television age and that is the mistake that has been made goal line technology is just not necessary and will in fact will frustrate people in a way that football fans have never been frustrated well, before but paddy can i come in there because we're going to have two games here we're going to have the game that can afford tv and we're going to have the game that we, can't are, afford we, we already hey, have sorry, that excuse, excuse me excuse me that, yeah. excuse me peter blatcher from the midlands um, Peter Blatter from the from the Midlands. Uh, no, I, I I take your point. Um, it, it is an interesting debate. We will be having one. Hopefully, we can have Peter on for that. But I want to steer us back to the Wigan Manchester United game. Um, Edwin Van der Sar. I, I I do not share the universal adulation of him and and his and his performances. I think he's an outstanding goalkeeper who is who's nearing the end of the line. And, but most of all, he's an outstanding person um, and somebody who sometimes we should be celebrating more just for the kind of person and professional that they are. But I thought he made a huge save in that game. And, you know, increasingly, he, he's retiring in the season. Um, increasingly, I wonder, you know, I think this is going to be a huge decision how they replace him. That's it. That's just my little mini appreciation of Edwin van der Sar. But um, Chicharito uh, is scoring great this season. I think it's a, it's a, it's a goal every 94 minutes. Um, um, people talk about people talk about his speed, his, his instincts under goal. Um, Patty, did you see him as this much of a goal scorer when United signed him? Because I, I thought you know he could do that, but he was also could be more of a, of a wide player too. Yes, I, I agree. I mean, after the World Cup, but as soon as he, uh, as soon as we saw him in the chat, uh, Community Shield, we realised that. Um, I mean, this was someone who was going to have a devastating... Uh, my first impression was that this is the young Michael Owen, um, but with fitness. Uh, um, he's, I mean, absolutely incredible finishing skills. Um, that, I mean, I, I, I would say uh, probably another one. I mean, Robbie Fowler, I remember when he first came into... The, the Premier League, and and, and you, you thought the finish, he, he, this guy makes finishing an art. I mean, I, I'm, I find finishing quite quite dull actually. I love prefer creation, but uh, the, the players like this, like Chicharito, like like Robbie Fowler before him, make uh, Jimmy Greaves make finishing an absolute art and a thing of beauty. And 
uh, he, he is fantastic to watch. I think even somebody, you know, even the great strikers would look at him and marvel at his uh, his technique, the runs he makes. I think Ferguson drew attention to to the technique of one of his goals uh, on Saturday, and um, no, he's he's just a joy. And 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 like you, I, I uh, Gab, I, I you know, I watched him in the World Cup, and I thought he was a much more complicated player than that. Uh, Peter, final word on on on, on Wigan. Um, we, we praise the way they play, the way they they, they build up play from the back. Um, you know, I when you try to play in the right way, you make mistakes. This whole game could have taken a very different turn um, if, if Moses had actually finished like a professional footballer. Um, and sorry if I'm being harsh, but he'll grow in in in, in the first half. But um, did. Are they pretty much done, do you think? I mean, did, did What done as in going down? Yeah, and, and I also wonder, once they go down, I mean, what's yeah. Dave Wheeling going to do? I mean, th- exactly. this is one you of those teams that's kind of... You, you right? fear for them, because how can they build back up? They won't be able to... Who's going to go down with them? You know, if it's West Ham, Wolves, if Leeds just miss out, you know, there might be another Newcastle at some point. How are they going to compete financially? Um, obviously, the crowds they get will, you know, dissipate from from poor to possibly back to where they were before this this great run up into the Premier League. So you do feel for them. As for their 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 love of playing it out from the back, Martinez it drills into them. It's wholly admirable, but not entirely practicable. And I think they've got to decide what areas of the pitch it's right to play in. And there are other areas of the pitch where, actually, you get it out to the full-bat and let him start making the play. You don't play little triangles in your own area with two men on top of you. Hard to argue with, uh, with that one, I think. Moving on now to something you may have noticed if you subscribe online or if you picked up the paper, and you really should. Um, Your game, your rules this week ahead of the international board meeting on Saturday at Celtic Manor. Um, Some of us have been asked to to put forth our modest proposals for improving the game of football, things that the international board might want to consider. And so we've got Matt Dickinson later this week talking about um, wanting to mic up referees, uh, Ollie Kay. He's going to be talking about um, wanting more retrospective action. Leave it to Ollie to pick the ones that I think is hard to disagree with. Um, uh, Paddy, you're coming up on Wednesday, is that right? That's right. And mine's going to be saying that uh, touching an opponent or his uh, equipment or his clothes should be treated as the same offence as, uh, sorry, deliberately uh, touching an opponent or his clothes. Uh, or his equipment should be the same offence as deliberately touching the ball. So not, not much of a man's game there, some people might say, but I'm sure it's going to be fascinating. Remember, there's going to be web chats to go with all these, so you can tell us all how wrong we are. And you can start by telling me how wrong I am, because uh, my argument today is about what we call real-time. Um, the concept is pretty simple. I'm going to try to, to sum it up if you haven't heard this before. Um, basically, just stop the clock 
every time the ball is the, the, every time the play is dead every time the ball goes out of play or there's an injury or substitution or a goal you know the drill um, and if you do this then you will entirely eliminate um, time wasting you won't have any weirdo sort of time added on Fergie time style controversies if goals are scored in, in injury time um, and most of all you're going to get the football that you are supposed to get in other words you won't be paying your ticket to watch people stand around or roll around on the ground for a long time but you will get X amount of of actual action um, on the pitch now obviously uh, this also means that you can't you can't play 45 minutes of real time because otherwise the game would extend forever so what you do is you introduce two 30 minute halves which is actually in keeping with the amount of football that is played in a good game today. FIFA has set a target of 60 minutes of ball and play uh, per game. Uh, today, matches generally run from between 48 minutes to 61 minutes of real time. So, um, you know, from the fans' perspective, I don't think things would really change except for the fact that there'd be no, no more time-wasting and... Um, and then and no more injury time controversies. And on top of that, also, the referee can stop kind of worrying about keeping time and let somebody else with a stopwatch do it. Um, Peter, your thoughts? Oh, you've put that very well. Before we came on air, I was... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Before we came on air, I was, I was planning to uh, wrap back and uh, ask to leave our beautiful game as it is on the field of play. Um, my reasoning being that um, the random factor in football is one of my favourites, and um, uh, you can I'm coming across a bit of a traditionalist on this, but uh, I used to love it in the 70s when you were whistling your heads off, hoping the referee would play, and you did not know whether it was going to end now or whether it's going to end in three minutes' time, or what. And I like the random factor in football. I like the fact that a penalty might be given, it might not. The ball might have crossed the line, it might not. And the human element in football is, is something that, you know, I think is, in, is integral to it. Um, I think on the timing issue, though, I think you've come up with a very good one there, because I can't see a problem with it. Anyone at any level of the game can have a stopwatch, just click it off, easily done happens in basketball isn't it, and other sports so I'm going to have to go with you on that one alright one down here we go Ben uh, I'm, I'm afraid I have to go with you as well Cam. yes I'm good it's uh it's hard to find a, a good argument against this, I think. Um, other sports have done it very well. Even rugby, to a slightly lesser extent, does it. Um, it would cut out a load of nonsense in the game. It, it isn't good for football at the moment. Gives the fans value for money. Uh, I um, I bow to you, Mr. Marcotti. All right. Obi-Wan Patty, you're the last hope for a debate here. <laughs> I'm going to disappoint you, Gab. Um, my, uh, I think it should be uh, the IFAB, uh, the FA should go to IFAB uh, on Friday and in Celtic Manor and should apply for permission to use it in the Community Shield. Uh, at Old Trafford or wherever it's going to be played this year um, in August. I think it's, uh, I, I, I can see dangers, I can see problems in it in terms of the, the rhythm of the game. Um, I can also see practical problems in terms if there were special circumstances of a, of a serious injury that uh, necessitated a prolonged um, hold up in, in the game uh, that, that 
that this would be more likely to happen rather than less and that there could be problems in terms of transport after night matches and so on but all of these are little things that I'm thinking on the hoof uh, the main thing is let's get on with it let's test it um, as soon as possible I suspect it could be one of those uh, beautifully simple ideas I, 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 I just think let's get on with it let's give it a try and find out if there are any problems that we haven't been able to foresee it's, uh, all, all, at the moment like the other chaps all I can see is benefits I don't know if they will go for it but um, one thing to remember about FIFA and this applies to, to other proposed rule set changes is that uh, they do bow to international pressure because uh, 15 years ago this was 15-20 years ago this was a huge issue this is when they, they ran a bunch of tests on it that's when they decided to start timing how long the ball was actually in play for and then all of a sudden everybody kind of lost interest and it and it sort of went away um, not because the test showed anything negative what the test actually showed was that nothing really changed um, you know matches kicked off at the same time and generally ended at the same time um, it, it doesn't add a lot of time it hardly adds any time at the, at the end of the game um, because so much time is wasted already. But I think if, if there is an appetite for this, I think it's one of those things that could be, as Patty said, could be could be added uh, uh, pretty quickly to the yes. game and, uh, and and without much trauma, frankly. Yes, I agree. There is one little problem, and, and uh, Peter uh, alluded to it earlier when he talked about, when you, when you called him um, Deep Blatter, um, when he talked about two games. Well, of course, there are always going to be two games. There's going to be one game that has crossbars and referees and, and linesmen and, and, and another that, that doesn't but uh, so, so that's okay but I just wonder if the if the new rhythm that that, that, that your system might create might cr- might widen the gap uh, between the, the scratch game and the top level of but Patty w- w- why do you feel there would be a different rhythm well because because in, if you are playing uh, un, you know, unorganized fo- football that, that doesn't have benefit, uh, you know, grassroots football that doesn't have the benefit of linesmen, and there's a lot of it because there simply aren't the people to do it. Um, the, the difference will be much greater if you can't afford a man with a watch. Um, but sorry, but, sorry, but who, who can't afford a stopwatch? It's like 10 pounds. It's not a question of the stopwatch. It's a question of finding someone willing to just time when really he wants to get on the pitch and have a good knockabout. And, and I just think, I, I, I think that, I think that that's a potential. I'm not saying, I'm just saying be aware of that um, because, because that could be a problem in terms of persuading thing, people that it's a good idea. I think grassroots football, I don't know of any, I go to a lot of grassroots football involved in a lot of it and I don't know of anywhere we don't manage to cajole some guy to go and stand in the middle with his stopwatch. I think if you're having a kickabout with your mates in the playground, then you might not have actual time, although the bell will probably go for afternoon lessons. Uh, exactly. When do you get 90 minutes in the playground anyway? You know, it's... Yeah. yeah you so also... I don't think that would be a problem, Paddy. I'm, I think we're struggling for a debate because Gab has hit on a very good idea. Yes, and I think also, I think also at the moment, uh, I mean, Pete, I, I, I accept, you know, you like the human factor in the game, but it, I find there are lots of really irritating things like um, referees allow 45 seconds for a substitution and, and one minute for a goal, regardless of, of if the goal, what, what if the goal celebration leads to a booking 
Um, and, and, you know, why uh, real time, it annoys me already that we don't have real time. So that's why um, I, think, I think all of us would, would love to see this experimented with, not in five years, not after it's been tested in Hungary and outer Mongolia, but at next season, as soon as it begins with the Community Shield at uh, wherever it takes place, Old Trafford. Or. But do we honestly think the FA are bold enough to, to, to push mean, an idea I, like this? Because I, 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 I fear I they're think, not. I do it. think that unless we send uh, 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 this to the FA this afternoon, uh, we can hardly blame them. I mean, we can hardly expect sure. the FA to monitor every podcast in the world just to see if anybody comes yes, up. Yes, but we do device. know that they listen to this one regularly. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Bevo told me himself, but um, yeah. I mean, Sep, Sep is always going on about. He's always picking me up on things. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I, two other points for clarification, since uh, one of them was my producer, our producer Chris Skinner, holding up a sign because he wants to know something. Because we don't actually allow him to speak, but we do allow him to uh, uh, to write. He wanted to know who would hold time. Would it be the fourth official? Yes, it could be the fourth official. It could be pretty much anybody, Mr. Skinner. Um, the the other point um, uh, is may, th- may I make it? interjection here. Yes. I think this is going too far. I think that the referee can quite easily, by hand signal, I agree that we should, uh, the referee shouldn't have to keep time, as he does now, because he's got plenty on his plate already, but he, he should signal to the timekeeper. In, in other words, the referee must it's absolutely essential. This will not work unless the referee yeah. is in, remains in complete control of time. Well, it's yeah. I mean, it, when the whistle goes, the clock stops. It's yeah. you know, it, it's you could not, even not just that. There are there are other there are other times when when time has to be allowed, which he can simply uh, um, uh, convey to the timekeeper by hand signal. Um, but it, but it, I just I just think that that it is absolutely essential that the referee must be in control of time. Right. Although, by all means, relieve him of the, the, the tiresome detail of it. Okay, time now for some quick hits. One win in the past four games in all competitions and a 3-1 defeat against the bottom club in the Premier League. No, it's not Roy Hodgson's Liverpool. It's Kenny Dalglish's. Paddy, is this just a blip? Is it reason to be worried? Or is it maybe a sign that this team really isn't as good as we thought and King Kenny can't work miracles every single week? No, he can't, Kenny. Um, oh... Heavens, don't get me started on the difference between Roy Hodgson's Liverpool and Kenny Dalglish's Liverpool, but I think we can see it now. Uh, Roy Hodgson's Liverpool beat West Ham 3-0, and uh, Kenny Dalglish's Liverpool lost 3-1 away. Um, the, there is no doubt that since Kenny took over, Liverpool have been better. They've played much more uh, a, a soulful football but it was never going to last. And the problems with which Roy had to contend with are now facing Kenny. Simple as that. Aston Villa looked very impressive in their 4-1 win over Blackburn. Peter, nobody wants to get carried away here, but is this a sign of things to come? Or were Rovers just rather poor? Um, I think this is a sign of how Villa can carry on this season. Yes, I think um, mid-table respectability beckons. But that's the extent of it, I'm afraid. Ashley Young is playing out of his skin. What is his motivation? Is it to get a move to a big club, such as Liverpool, I ask myself? Um, But he's certainly playing out of his skin. 
for now. Whether they can keep him in the summer is another matter. Yes, it also helps to play Blackburn when everybody's injured. Super Mario Balotelli scores his sixth goal of the season. Now he's got a goal every 113 minutes in the Premier League, which is not quite Chicharito-esque, but he's not that far off. And yes, the only reason I'm mentioning him is because he's because he is Italian like me. Um, yet that's not nearly enough for Manchester City. They're held to a 1-1 draw by Fulham. Um, ben, do City have enough to stay in the top four? And is this bizarre handshake incident at the end between uh, Mancini and Sparky, is it a sign that some screws are falling out of uh, Robbie M's head? Uh, Manchester City uh, seem to be looking over their shoulders more than, than up ahead now. Five five points from their the last five Premier League games. It's uh, it's worrying times for them. I think they'll probably just hang on to a top four spot. The handshake incident uh, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Robbie M, I, I was disappointed by the way he um, refused to look Hughesy in the eye. I thought that was a bit below the belt, but I'm not sure it's a, a sign that he's uh, he's losing the plot quite yet. Is that worse than refusing to shake hands? <laughs> no. All right, there you go, Ben Smith, the moral arbiter of the day. Uh, Gab, right. Now, one for you. Cristiano Ronaldo has already scored 34 goals this season for Jose Mourinho's Real Madrid, formerly known as Real Madrid. But I have a feeling that that's not the most remarkable stat about him, Gab. No, and in fact, you'd be right, Paddy, because... um what I thought was absolutely remarkable is Real Madrid have played 40 games this season. That's 3,600 minutes of football. Ronaldo's been on the pitch for 3,425 of those minutes. Basically, he was rested for one game. He came on at halftime in another game. Two other times he was substituted near the end. The rest of the time, the guy has been on the pitch the entire time. It's absolutely insane uh, for an outfield player to play so much football in the course of a season, especially when it's a guy like Cristiano Ronaldo who will run at people, who will get kicked, who will get fouled, who will take a lot of punishment. Um, I just wonder if this isn't the kind of thing that's going to come back and bite the special one in, in the rear end if Ronaldo um, gets himself hurt or, or, or overly fatigued later in the season. And I think it should be a bit of a concern. At the same time, tremendous achievement from Ronaldo. Also, as you probably all know now, we have a Facebook page where you can interact with us. You can send us questions. It's not just for the game. It's for the whole paper, but the game has its own section. Um, Adam Morse went on there and left a question for Patty. He writes, if Chelsea or Spurs were to win the Champions League but finish outside the top four in the Premier League, do you feel it right that they'd be allowed to defend their trophy at the expense of the fourth-place team, say Manchester City? Uh, so in other words, Patty, this is basically the scenario from uh, a few years ago when Liverpool won the Champions League in that night in Istanbul and Everton finished fourth. Do you go with the champion or do you go with the fourth-place finisher? It's a trick. It really is a difficult one, Adam. Um, I've been thinking about it ever since the Liverpool, uh, the Liverpool case, um, and uh, I don't really know the answer. I quite like the idea of not allowing holders to defend their trophy automatically. After all, if you're not in the top four, you're no longer really entitled to be uh, considered uh, in consideration for top team in Europe but yes I mean overall I think so Um, 55% of me says yes holders must be allowed to defend and if that's uh, if that if that uh, hurts the fourth place club then that's jolly bad luck but uh, there you go 
Well, worth remembering that year that Everton and Liverpool both went into the Champions League the following they, year, although Everton lost in the, to Villarreal, I think. In, that's right. Yeah, in the, because in of the, the evil uh, Pierluigi Colina's officiating. And, and, uh, and, uh, and so, in a sense, the system then, then was vindicated. On another occasion, it might not. Um, but it's a jolly difficult decision and thanks Adam for giving us so many problems in trying to work out a proper answer for you. Well, for those who don't know, um, despite uh, Scudamore in the Premier League making a, a complete dog's breakfast of it that year and, and trying to push well, successfully bullying uh, UEFA, uh, the rules now are very clear if this scenario were to come to pass if say Tottenham uh, finish outside the top four but win the Champions League um, uh, sorry, our, friend, uh, our producer here Chris Skinner is uh, is a big Spurs fan and he's looking all silly right now. Um, but if Spurs win the Champions League, don't finish in the top four, then Spurs get to go and defend their trophy. UEFA have now put it in writing. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with us. We know you have other options. You can go to www.thetimes.co.uk. You'll find your news, your gossip, your analysis. Uh, This week, it'll be filled with the Your Game, Your Rules feature. And also, you can do our web chats. I do mine on Mondays. You've got Patty and Ollie and even Graham Spears during the week. And of course, we're all out there on Twitter. Patty's gotten really into it. It's not just me and Ollie, but plenty of guys. James Ducker, Tony Barrett, even Tony Evans. But that's all we've got time for this week. We'll catch you next time.